Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the faculty ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. As already introduced, my name is Sherry Russell. That's my English name. My traditional name is Miskominikwe, um, which translated means raspberry woman or raspberry girl. And so um, in our tradition, we're often named in twins. Uh, and so I would have a, a male counterpart as well, generally born around the same season. And I am Anishinaabe or uh, Soto is the French called us. Uh, in our language, we might use the word Nakawinawak, uh, and we would speak the language Nakaway, which is, um, I guess, a dialect of Anishinaabe Muin. And so lots of words are similar and the same. I'm originally from Saskatchewan and uh, registered at Yellow Quill First Nation, and my mother was from uh, Kaniston First Nation, and so I have great um, connections, family, lots of family there that I often go home to. Uh, if I were to do it in my traditional language, it would sound a bit like this. Um, I would say, Anin, Nina Nishinabe, Kwe Onjibikan, Sagaguni, Kipwapakani Mama, Nindodam, Makwa, Muskomunikwe Nindishnakaz, Sherry Russell Nindishnakaz. I'm slowly learning my language um, and reclaiming some of that heritage and connectedness to our family and culture. Just want to share this morning just a little bit of a story. Um, so, in the time before there were human beings on Earth, Creator called a great meeting of the animal people. And during that period of the world's history, the animal people lived harmoniously with one another and could speak to Creator with one mind. They were very curious about the reason for the gathering. And when they had all assembled, Creator spoke. I am sending a strange new creature to live among you, Creator told the animal people. They will be called human, and they are to be your kin, your brothers and sisters. But unlike you, they will not have fur on their body, although that might be debatable. <laughs> <laughs> they will walk on two legs and will not be able to speak with you. Because of this, they will need your help in order to survive and become who I am creating them to be. You will need to be more than brothers and sisters. You will need to be their teachers. Humans will not be like you. They will not come into the world like you. They will not be born knowing and understanding who and what they are. They will have to search for that. And it is in that search that they will find themselves, their humanity. They will also have a tremendous gift that you do not have. They will have the ability to dream. With this ability, they will be able to invent great things, and because of this, they will move further and further away from you 
and will need your help even more when this happens. But to help them, I am going to send them out into the world with one very special gift. I'm going to give them the gift of the knowledge of truth and justice. But like their identity, it must be a search. Because if they find this knowledge too easily, they will take it for granted. So I'm going to hide it. And I need your help to find a good hiding place. This was truly an important day. So one by one, the animal people came forward with suggestions of where creator should hide the gift of knowledge of truth and justice. Give it to me, my creator, said Buffalo, and I will carry it on my hump to the very center of the plains and bury it there. A good idea, my brother, said creator, but it is destined that humanity will cover most of the world and they will find it there too easily and take it for granted. Then give it to me, said the salmon, and I will carry it in my mouth to the deepest part of the ocean, and I will hide it there. Another excellent idea, said Creator, but it's destined that with the power to dream, humans will invent a device that will carry them there, and it they would find it too easily and take it for granted. Then I will take it, said Eagle and carry it in my talons and fly to the very face of the moon and hide it there. No, my brother, said Creator. Even there, they would find it too easily because humans will one day travel there as well. Animal by Animal came forward with marvelous suggestions on where to hide this precious gift. And one by one, Creator turned down their ideas. Finally, just when discouragement was about to invade their circle, a tiny voice spoke from the back of the gathering. The animal people were all surprised to find that this voice belonged to the mole. The mole was a small creature who spent her life tunneling through the earth and because of this had lost most of the use of her eyes. Yet because she was always in touch with Mother Earth, mole had developed true spiritual insight. The animal people listened respectfully when Mole began to speak. I know where to hide it, my creator, she said. I know where to hide the gift of the knowledge of truth and justice. Where then, asked creator, where should I hide this gift? Put it inside them, said Mole. Put it inside them because only the wisest and the purest of heart will have the courage to look there. And that is where Creator placed the gift of the knowledge of truth and justice. I share this story, a story that's based on our traditional teachings, and it was recorded in the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples in 1996. So if you want to find it, it's there. I have to say I did make it a little more gender inclusive um, than originally written. But it's a story that has encouraged our people to journey and to embark on the difficult journey of sharing truth and seeking justice. It's a story that has emboldened and encouraged us to reclaim and reaffirm our traditional teachings and to share them with others for the health and well-being of all humanity. When I think of this story, a, pa a scripture passage that has come to my mind has been Jeremiah 6 and 16. And it simply says, Thus says the Lord, Stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies. 
and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Stand at the crossroads, says Jeremiah, as he's calling to the people of Judah, imploring them to listen to the Lord. The people of Judah are at a crossroads. They've been living their life without realizing the destructive nature of their ways. They thought that everything was going well in life, and now there's this imminent danger swiftly approaching as the Babylonians are invading their little nation. And the Lord says to them, stand at the crossroads and look. It's here they have an opportunity to assess where they are and to respond accordingly. It's an opportunity for the people of Judah to look at how they've been treating one another. And in verse 6, you can see that they actually use the word oppression in there to talk about how they've been treating one another, about the relationships with others. And so this is an opportunity for them to look, to assess, and to change their ways. And then to walk in a way that will bring health and well-being and the flourishing to all. So as I think about this, I look at that scripture and I say, so how, how, how does this happen? And we think sometimes it's so difficult. I've heard lots of people talk about the truth and reconciliation journey. And they think it's so huge that they don't know how to do it. And it becomes so overwhelming that they just would rather just sit and do nothing. And so I often look back to this passage because I think there's wisdom in this. And it says, stand at the crossroads and look. Assess where you are. Find out where you are in this journey. And ask for the ancient paths. I love that. Ancient paths, which refers to that which has endured the test of time. And I know we have biblical scholars here, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I read somewhere that it also has a connotation of something that has been hidden through that time. But it's something that's hidden but has endured. And that word path simply refers to a path, a walking trail that's been worn down by many people walking it. It's something like you might find in the woods, if you go into the woods, where a deer or even people have walked along the same path time and time again until it's worn down and clear that others have gone this way. As a young person, there is a, a quote by one of our chiefs that has always stuck with me and has encouraged me to not just sit by the path, but to actually engage in it. And the, the words are by Chief Poundmaker. And they've impacted me so much, I actually have them in the front of my Bible. Um, it says, we all know the story about the man who sat by the trail too long, and then it grew over, and he could never find his way again. We can never forget what has happened, but we cannot go back. Nor can we just sit beside the trail. And so those ancient paths are valuable for us. They have something to teach us. And as indigenous people, we are finding our way back to those ancient paths which have endured over time. For many years, indigenous stories were not always valued for the truth that they contained. Our traditions were banned. Our ceremonies outlawed. Even wearing our regalia 
was outlawed. The church, sadly, advocated for many of those laws as it helped support the endeavor, endeavors to Christianize us. But even after the laws of the country have changed, some of the teachings in the church have still remained. Indigenous people have been taught that anything to do with our culture is wrong. I grew up being taught that anything to do with my Indigenous culture was wrong. Um, at best, it was uncivilized, and at worst, it was evil. And I grew up afraid of anything to do with my culture, even the sound of the drum, which resonates with my heart. Thank you so much, Danny, for sharing that. And in order for us to be Christians, we were told that we needed to leave our indigenous ways behind us. And a dear friend, Richard Twist, some of you may have read him. Um, I was privileged to journey with him as a friend. Um, but he has said this, the gospel as it was told to us uh, was God loves you so much that he allowed his son Jesus to hang on a tree and be killed for you, but he doesn't like you very much. Your native drums, your music, your dance, your regalia, your feathers, your ceremonies, your powwows, your sweat lodges. So in order to follow Jesus, you need to abandon your Indian ways. So even the gospel brings shame to indigenous peoples. I have had the privilege of having some wonderful elders in my life. And I'm glad to see that we have an elder here today as well. And my elders have said that our stories, our traditions, our ceremonies have prepared our people for good news. The good news of Jesus or the gospel story. But missionaries often didn't see that. They could only see the gospel story through their own cultural experience. And so rather than seeing the gospel story in indigenous culture, they sought to replace it with their interpretation of Christianity. But we have elders in our communities who have kept our stories alive. Our communities have held on to our traditions. And my elders and my, I was going to say my cousins even say, um, they remember going deep into the bush so that they could participate in ceremony. And they've kept our ceremonies alive. They've held on to the truth deep within them. The truth that was often overlooked by newcomers. But our elders knew that our stories, our traditions, our ceremonies contain truth. And now, others are discovering it. Like scientists, whether it be environmental studies or medicine or botany, mental health, and even history. Our indigenous knowledges, our stories and teachings have much to contribute to the health and well-being of our world today. And in our faith journey, in our spirituality, the teaching and wisdom of indigenous elders is bringing a depth of understanding not only to scripture, but also to the holistic spiritual vitality of our understanding of God and all creation and our relationship. Ask for the ancient paths. I'm glad and I'm encouraged and excited to see Acadia joining us in this journey of discovering and rediscovering and, in, and inviting others to join in asking for those ancient paths. Where the good way lies, 
I love that phrase, good. Um, that's the same word that's used in Genesis 1. And we've talked about that this week in some of our meetings, starting with Genesis 1 um, as our foundation. In the creation story where God says, it was good. And when we think of the good way, we think of that which brings life and health and wholeness, vitality, flourishing, shalom. And uh, Lisa Sharon Harper, in her book, The Very Good Gospel, uh, wrestles with that word, uh, good. And she connects that word tov to shalom. And she says this, the clearest picture of shalom we get in scripture is Genesis 1. God looks at creation and says, this is very good. The goodness is actually located between the things, the land, the sky, humanity, and animals, not in the things themselves. The word tov, or Hebrew for good, describes each of these creations and ser actually serves as a connector of breath. And so we started this morning with reminding us of our breath. The seventh time that it is used in Genesis 1 it's used with an additional word, tov miod, which we translate as very good. A better translation, she says, might be forceful or vehement or overflowingly good. And the relationships between all creation were forcefully good, violently good. What were those relationships? Between humanity and God, between man and woman between humanity and creation, between creation and the systems that govern us. To walk in a good way is to seek shalom in our relations, not just among humanity, but between all creation. And so this is an opportunity um, in this passage, as we see, this was an opportunity for Judah to look at what would bring them shalom, what living in right relations would look like for them. And so they're invited to stand, look, ask, and then walk in the good way. Or we might say in my language, mino bamadzawin, which is the good way, the good road, the good life. So that they, and this is a, the result, would experience rest for their souls. If you know this scripture passage well, you know I missed a line. And the line is, but they would not have anything to do with it. We stand at a crossroads in our relationships as indigenous, non-indigenous people, as humanity with creation, as humanity with God. We stand at a crossroads and an opportunity to say, are we going to walk in right relations with one another? It's my prayer that we would change the end of that scripture and that we would find rest for our souls as we choose to seek to walk in a good way. Let's pray together. God, our creator, the one that made the heavens and the earth and all that is therein, we give you thanks for the goodness that you have created. 
We give thanks for the opportunity uh, to breathe in that goodness, to experience that goodness, to live in that goodness, to share that goodness with all around us. We thank you for the words that have endured the test of time, not only in scripture, but in our indigenous ways of teaching and being, in our stories. We know that there is truth. And we tr pray and we, we ask for strength to walk in a good way, to recover those ancient paths, to walk gently, in them as we walk gently with one another and all creation. We give you thanks for this opportunity to gather with our friends here at Acadia. We thank you for the opportunity that you give us time and time again to be in relationship with one another. And the opportunity that you give us to learn about what right relations means. And so we give thanks for this opportunity. And we pray that you would help us to walk well, that we would learn from you what it means to walk well, that we would learn from those that have gone before us, that we would learn from their teachings, their experiences, their joys and sorrows, their difficulties, their challenges, and that we would learn from them in humility and that we would walk in truth, and together that we would seek justice in your name. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel Podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday.